0: but you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power. Here it comes. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, unto Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Instead, we're looking. And so Jesus ascended, and they're all looking. They're all looking. And these two guys in white... We don't know if they're angels. It's just the Bible says two men in white said, why are you gazing up? This same Jesus who you saw leave is going to come again. Hallelujah. I believe Jesus is coming back, but he gave us a job to do. You know, if Jesus would have come back yesterday, I might have not got to share the gospel with about 50 people. I'm glad he didn't come back. I mean, I'd like for him to come back. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I don't want to have to pay off my car. You know, uh, I'd like to run up my credit cards. I'd like to go, I'd like to just max everything out, and then Jesus come back. And then I wouldn't have to pay for it. Yeah, I'm speaking facetiously, so... I think some people are doing that. They're maxing their cards out, you know. Oh, Jesus is coming back. Well, yes, Jesus is coming back for those who love His appearing. But what I want to talk about this morning, it kind of goes along with what what, that little introduction, was the apostolic prophetic believer slash the normal believer. And let me just tell you this, they are one and the same. They are one and the same. You are apostolic, prophetic believers, but the normal believer is the apostolic, prophetic. You know, those are, just, those are just words that we use today, but the normal believer is for signs and wonders. The scripture says, even in the Old Testament, speaking about us today, behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and wonders. Some of you waiting for a sign and wondering when it's coming. No, that's not the kind of sign and wonder I'm talking about. I'm talking about the believer shall do signs and wonders. Why? Because they're following Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. He starts with the easiest thing first. They shall cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, and if they... I lost Raymond on that one. <laughs> I lost a bunch of you. I, I, was, I found a snake in my driveway the other day. It was already dead. I, I'd already killed it. Unbeknowingly ran over it. But, we'll, but the Scripture said we'll tread on serpents and scorpions. I guess that means you can drive over them, too. Thank you, Jesus. But, uh, but the average, normal believer is a believer that believes what the Bible says. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to believe what the Bible says, and I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. You know, uh, I was uh, I, I went to churches when I was young, and you know, you got the hell beat out of you every week. I man, I went to the altar a bunch of times because I didn't want to go to hell. Amen. Glory to God. And um, the last uh, the. The last church that I was in is actually a spirit-filled church. We got browbeat, and I told you about it last week. We got browbeat every week. Bam, bam, bam. Well, you know what? I read in the scripture, it says that God, because of his mercy, because of his great love, the Bible says he raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places. Now, I want to tell you, the, the New Testament says strong things. But we don't see in the New Testament where God is browbeating the church. Turn to somebody and say, that's good news. That's good news because... You should have been here last week and then you would have heard. I told him what brow beating was. I thought you said brow. I was like, I don't bro know. Bro beating, no, no, not brow beating, brow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Like, Alright, yeah. Thank you. Now where was I? Okay. <laughs> okay so anyway, uh we, we get browbeat, but the scripture says that he raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The New Testament says strong things, but God never is putting us down. He's not browbeating us. He's not putting us down. He is raising us up. Seated up is not just raising us. He has raised us up. If you check, a lot of the things that God's done is past tense. And we have, to, we have to receive them and walk in faith. It's just like that word that we got this morning about laughing. You say, well, I didn't feel like laughing. I didn't feel like it either. Didn't feel like, but I laughed. I'm not going to miss an opportunity to step out in faith. I've learned over the years to laugh at myself. It uh, gives me a lot of things to laugh about. You know, if you think about it, you know, since I've gotten a little older and become more responsible, I, you know, I used to laugh at people that fall on the ice. It's funny. But then when you're liable for it, it's not so funny. <laughs> so anyway, I remember last year, Dean was over at the uh, ITC center. I'd parked over there and I got out of my car and he said, watch out, It's slippery. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm good. And man, my feet went out from under me and I went down. I went down. Now, that was a perfect opportunity for me to laugh at myself. See, I do a lot of things where I can laugh at myself. You're missing an opportunity to laugh. You know, uh, I'm sure the Israelites, after they'd walked around Jericho... For seven days, and, and on the last day, they walked around numerous times, and God told them to shout. And uh, you know, did they actually feel like shouting? As a matter of fact, for seven days, God told them to. Joshua told them to keep their mouth shut. Why was that? Because he didn't want them talking bad. He didn't want them to say, "Why are we walking around this building? Why are we walking around these walls, man? Does he know what he's doing?" You know, with Moses, they wanted to go back to Egypt. But hey, he decided, you know, God said, okay, this time, keep your mouth shut. And remember the 12 spies and 10 of them came back with, a, with an evil report. And God says, hey, we're not going to let them mess this up. Tell them to keep their mouth shut. And now, you know, if, if somebody's kept their mouth shut for seven days, I'm sure they're ready to shout about that time. So they shouted, so if you get an opportunity, if God says to laugh, whether you feel like it or not, I, you know, I practice laughing sometimes and I don't feel like it, you know, but I'll just start laughing. Why? Because you know, there's some things that we do. We don't feel anything, but it does something in the spirit world. Do you know when you clap your hands, it destroys principalities and powers? Do you know that when you shout, when you dance, when you do things in the spirit, it has a great effect in the spirit? You might not see anything, and you might not sense anything at that particular time, but you know, after a while, you'll get a breakthrough and not even know why. You just say, oh, God, so," and God is so good. But you've done things in the past where God has used it. It's steps of faith. The scripture says that the just shall live by faith. Are you living by faith today? Not only living by faith, but the scripture says that faith works. (laughs) And sometimes we have to work it. So you are apostolic, prophetic, normal believers. And if you want to go incognito, just say, I'm a normal believer. But a normal believer is one that believes the Bible and and that God is empowered. You have God living on the inside of you. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, you ask Jesus into your heart. The Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in you. Therefore, if God lives in you, you've got the power of God on the inside of you that he will release right. when you do what he says and walk in faith. You know, if, uh, if God just let me loose with the power of God, I'm just talking me. I'm not talking to you. I'm not putting this on you. But man, some people wouldn't have made it. (laughs) Somebody whips out in front of me, gets gravel on my car, and then slows down to under the speed limit. (laughs) Have you you ever felt anything like that before? Oh man, that would burn me. Sometimes I might even say something. I would have to repent about it. That's why repentance is not out of style. Some of you are so godly, it's uh, the halo's so bright, I can't hardly see my notes. That's why I'm not getting to them. Everybody needs a little repentance every now and then. That's why Jesus, it's not a one-time deal where it says that, that Jesus speaks over his church and there is the washing of water with the Word. He is continually speaking over us. He's continually saying things over us and it continually cleanses us. It continually lifts us up. It continually empowers us. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's get here. You are normal. So if I call you a normal believer, this isn't a put down. This is a raising up. Okay? So, every... Normal Christian hears the voice of God. Every normal Christian hears the voice of God. As a matter of fact, unbelievers hear the voice of God. So how much more the believer? It's just whether we recognize the voice of God, how, it, how he speaks. We're not talking about Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments. That could happen. Anybody ever see the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston? Yeah. The old people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, God. when God speaks, you know. But you know, God, God can, God. you know, you'll think, man, I had a hunch. That's God speaking to you. You just got this feeling. (laughs) You were hooked on a feeling. (laughs) High on believing that he's in love with you. Anyway. You got a feeling. And he acted on it. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. God's not screaming at you. That's why it's good to get familiar with his voice. Get familiar with his voice and when everything on the outside gets loud, you can recognize the still small voice. Some people call it the red light, the yellow light and the green light. What's the red light mean? Stop what you're doing. What's the yellow light mean? Speed up and go through the intersection. No. <laughs> No, it means to proceed with caution. That's the, I shouldn't confess this, we're on Facebook Live. But the green light is you are free to go. Free to go, just go. Throw caution to the wind, just go. You're free, I mean, you've got the green light from God. Let's go, let's hit it. So many of us have, you know, you know, I, I had this thought. I saw something. I had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What are you doing looking at jokes on your phone? <laughs> just, just tea. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I, I thought you were too young for that. Um, Hallelujah. I had lots of dreams. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> So, even if the, un- if the unbeliever hears the voice of God, you should be a regular hearer of his voice. You should recognize. Jesus said, about the, uh, Jesus said, and at that time he was speaking to unbelievers, he said, no one can come unto me unless the Father draws him. Every person that comes to Jesus must respond to the voice of God. Now, that voice of God just might be a conviction, a yearning, a longing, something that moves us. In 1967, I was moved in Municipal Stadium in Kansas City in the nosebleed section to walk down the aisle, to walk out on the field, and to give my life to Jesus Christ. Because I had a yearning. I had a yearning. And I had heard the gospel over and over and over again. And I don't even think Billy Graham talked about hell that day. But I had a yearning to give my life to Christ. Why? Because I was moved upon by the Father. You know, not, not everybody's ready. I mean, everybody's ready to hear the gospel. Everybody, every time. The scripture says, whether in season or out of season, you can preach the gospel. But not everybody is going to be moved by the gospel, but you keep giving them the gospel because one day that pulling is going to be there. And it's not that the pulling's not there at the time, they're just not yielded to the pulling. You say, well, they ought to be. Well, we all ought to be, right? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Let me just say this. His voice requires a response for it to do any good. 67, when I heard that voice, I responded. Yeah, I preached a wedding yesterday. Some of you, some of you might have saw it on Facebook. Well, they wanted some gospel mixed in there, so I, you know, I obliged them. And you know, love. Well, they, uh, the groom wanted John three sixteen in the wedding. It's fine. It's good. But you got to think how you're going to put it in there without with that, with that, not just blob John three sixteen and then go on. But the Lord showed me that the man shows love and the woman responds. Of course, nowadays it could be the way around. But But the man shows the love and the woman responds. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What is the response? Believe. Well, believe requires an action. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Notice it said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord. You're not just saying I believe and that's it. You are dedicating your life to the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And as you do that, then he he continues to speak to you. Does he ever speak to you? We know he does. He speaks, and the thing of it is, is do we respond? You know, I worked in a Christian school one time, And you know, some kids, you know, you tell them one time and they're just quick to respond. And some of them, you tell it over and over and over and over and they just don't respond. They don't respond until one day the light comes on. The light comes on. So God is speaking to you all the time. Do you know that there are sound waves in this building? And if we had a receiver, all we'd do is tune it in, and we'd hear voices. There's probably thousands, maybe even millions of voices in this room right now. Thank you, Jesus. He says in John chapter 5, verse 24, he says, Most assuredly I say unto you, he who hears my voice. Why did he say my voice? Because there are many voices to choose from. There's a lot of voices going on. He says, He who hears my voice and believes on him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death unto life. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Now, when I read that, I thought, Danny, I thought, even dead people can hear the voice of God. So how about us? How about the living? You say, I just don't hear the voice. If the dead can hear the voice of God, you can hear it. You just might need to be, might need to learn how to recognize it. You know, and uh, and I'm not criticizing any anybody, any denomination, because I figure if they're getting people saved, glory be to God, glory be to God. But there are some denominations that tell you God quit talking after the Bible was fi- finished. God did not stop talking after the Bible was finished. He's still talking. Now, some of you who hear it need to re- see need to line it up and see if it lines up with the Bible or if you're just out in left field. Because how many of you know there's more than one voice? Did they teach you that at Bill's (laughs) church? Thank you, Jesus. I do that, I do that because I want to keep you with me. So, are you with me? Good. Okay. Anyway. So even the dead can hear the voice of the Son of God. Alright? In the, in the uh, book of Revelation, it says, in it says uh, that each of the seven churches Jesus spoke to, and he wasn't talking the buildings. When he talks about speaking to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, he is not talking the buildings. He's talking to people. It says He said, and each church that he spoke to, he says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of God is saying. And he says, when you hear, he says, some, I'll give you a new name. Some, I'll give you a new stone. Some, I will give you, um, you'll be able to eat from the tree of life. So when you hear the voice of God, there is always, it's not a bribe. Somebody asked me, what's the difference? between are you, guys, are you guys bribing the kids? No, we're rewarding the kids. A bribe is to get somebody to do evil. A reward is when they do something right and then you reward them for it. God is into rewarding people. Do you know that, do you know that when we stand before the, before the judgment seat of Christ not for our sins, but for our rewards, we will be rewarded for the works we've done. Of course, if you hadn't done any, then... (laughs) You say, well, you're preaching law. No, I'm not preaching law. I'm preaching New Testament. Read the book of Titus. Numerous times he says, teach them to do good works. You know, a good word might just be an encouraging word. You know, I'm always preaching over here, over here. I need to get over here. <laughs> you feel, well, I talk to you, so you shouldn't, you're good. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the smile. So, thank you, James. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just doing something for somebody. Some people are just down and out and a kind word will make them glad. You know if you want to No, nah, never mind. Come on. You know, well this kind of reminded me of it because I was out for a walk the other day and I picked up a lottery ticket. <laughs> of course, they'd already, scratch, they'd already scratched it. Apparently, it wasn't a winner. I think it, oh man, it just burns me. When the state tells you to buy lottery tickets as gifts, thanks for nothing. Well, what if you want a million dollars? Well, one person and 500 trillion. You know, now if you buy lottery, if you buy lottery tickets, it's your money. If you throw it on the ground, I might pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a sin to buy lottery tickets. I think it's foolish, but that's just me. Whatever. Anyway, in Matthew chapter four, verse four, why, does God, why is God continually speaking to us? Because his voice gives life. Matthew four, four, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The word proceedeth means that it is a continual action. It's not just a one-time Word. It is a continual action. God is continually speaking. Why? Because we need life. That's why the Scripture says that Jesus speaks over us. It brings the washing of water with the Word. So the Word actually feeds us and gives us life. This is a That's not a Scripture. <laughs> It's an old saying. Some people might think it's a scripture. But when I start saying it, you can finish it for me. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Now, what chapter and verse is that in? Now, it's not in the Bible. But the reality is, is that God gives his word and gives his word. He's leading them, but they've got to drink it. That's why even in the Old Testament, the scripture says, he who is thirsty, come and drink. When we drink, then we receive. So the, so the water's there, we just got to take the opportunity to, to uh, receive it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. It says, it says, wherefore, laying aside all malice. Do you know what malice is? I had to look it up. I, I looked it up a long time ago. It's an interesting word, malice. Malice means you desire to do evil. You desire to do harm. My own words, you like to hurt people. But the, and he's, who's he talking to? He's not talking to non-believers This is written to Christians He's saying Lay aside your malice Quit liking to hurt people Quit trying to get even I better go over here You guys have been picked up. Quit trying to get even Quit liking to hurt Quit waiting for God To to straighten that person out Once he straightens you out He can get them Oh, man, I remember praying. Oh, God, praying for people. And then God starts working on me. That's why a lot of us quit praying for people. Because <laughs> God always starts working on us. He's working on us. Maybe just that's just me. But he says, laying aside all malice and all guile. Guile means dishonest behavior to deceive somebody and hypocrisy and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow there but well i'm not i'm not a babe anymore pastor you can still drink a little milk especially if it's cold and it's hot, hot chocolate chip cookies yeah, anyway just a thought as newborn babes desire. He didn't say you are a newborn babe. He said be like a newborn babe that desires the sincere milk of the word. You say, well, pastor, I, I'm, I'm ready for strong meat. You know, I don't eat. I eat meat and I like meat. I like steaks. I don't eat them all the time. But I found out I need to eat vegetables too. I found out there's a lot of other things that I need to eat. So you can have the meat of the word, but it's also good to have the milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Oh, pastor, I don't need to. I'm a mature Christian. I remember one time a guy told me, (laughs) gosh, I almost busted out laughing. But uh, a guy come up to me and he says, "Uh, pastor, God gave me the gift of wisdom. And I said, oh my God. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's just hard to keep a straight face. You know, glory be. Praise the Lord. You know, there's more than one type of wisdom. The Bible talks about an earthly wisdom wisdom that is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Just a thought. It just came to me. But anyway... He says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. I'm going to tell you this, that the Lord will always respond to you with grace. And as you receive that grace, you will be proned. I'm I'm mellowing it out a little bit. You will be prone to respond to others the same. You will be prone to respond in grace. How many of you know you need grace? Well, we all need grace, and so does, so does people that we don't think deserve it. Thank you, Lord. I want to tell you the reason why I'm giving you this message, because I got a phone call this week. And I detected, with my lightning-fast brain, (laughs) I detected that the one who I was talking to needed to differentiate between the voices they were hearing. Because there's more than your voice. You can hear the voice of the Spirit. You can hear the voice of God, which we've been talking about. You can hear the voice of other people. How many of you have ever been around people and they're not very positive when they talk to you? Well, you need to learn how to shut your ears. Sometimes we have to shut our ears and our mouth. I used to be pretty good at berating people. It was just a gift. (laughs) But of course, God got a hold of me. Hallelujah, I got saved, I got redeemed. And he said, you're going to preach. And I said, what? You know, I I remember uh, uh, this mother wanted me to get her teenage son saved. Now what? what mother doesn't want their teenage son saved? I mean, yeah, our teenage daughter. So I went over and I was sharing the love of God, you know, and, I, and I, when I was done, I said, do you want to receive Jesus? No. So I went through it again. I shared the love of God. I went through it all again. You want to receive Jesus? No. Then God spoke to my spirit. And he said, give him the double barrel. You know what a double barrel shotgun is. So man, I, pre, you know, because I was raised in hellfire and brimstone. So I gave him everything. And then after I was done, I said, you want to get saved? Yeah, I want to get saved. The scripture says in Jude to save some with compassion and save others with fear. Some people people you will not win by fear. Some people you will. But you have to hear the voice of God. Because remember, God said, give him the double barrel. I heard God tell me that. So, So, well, pastor, why don't you preach more about hell? When he tells me to, I will. How many of you would like a good dose of hell? (laughs) Not right now. (laughs) Did you ever... uh, No, man, I'm taking my time. So the reason for this message was there's somebody called me that was hearing voice... They didn't say they were hearing voices, but I detected that they were listening to the wrong voices because of what they were describing. And so I said, you know, you can hear the voice of God. I said you can hear the voice of people. But you know that you can also hear the voices of the past. Anybody ever hear the voices of the past? Every failure you want to bring up. You know even some of the successes of the past can can keep make you stumble. Somebody was a sports hero in high school. You know, they never got past it. They just keep rehearsing the story over. And over. Man, you got to go on from there and have new successes over and over again. Because the scripture says that you are made to come and uh, go from glory to glory. How many of you know that your body has a voice? Your spirit, soul, and body have a, bo- have a voice. You say, I don't know if my body talks to me. Well, fast for a week. <laughs> and then have somebody make you your favorite meal. Have it set down in front of you with fork, fork and spoon in your hand. And then tell your body, no. <laughs> your body will talk to you. Says, I'm going to shut you down. <laughs> you don't eat the... I, I guarantee your body will talk to you. Your body will. So you've got, you hear spirit, soul, and body, but you also hear, you can also hear the voice of evil spirits. Okay? Uh, 1 John chapter 2 says this. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. But the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. You know that the world has a voice, your flesh has a voice, and the devil has a voice. We've got to recognize it and not receive it. Thank you, Jesus. So every voice you hear is not you and every voice you hear is not God. First John chapter 4. It says, "Beloved, believe not every spirit. Believe not every spirit." He says, "But try the spirits." That means that you have to try what you hear. Then he goes on to say, uh whether they are of God or not. Do you know the normal believer, the apostolic prophetic believer, the normal believer has to discern whether what they are hearing is of God or not. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. You didn't get it over here. Do I need to say it again? A good place to say amen. amen. All right, why? What do I mean? Because you hear many voices, but the Scripture says that you have to discern the, the, average, the normal apostolic prophetic believer hears many voices. There are many voices in the world, and you have to discern which is of God. Because if you're not discerning, those voices will control you. They will control you because the person I was talking to was controlling them. So, he says, try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world whereby, whereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus is come in the flesh is of God and every spirit that confess, confesses not Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God and this is the spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and, e- and even now is already in the world. If you're waiting for the Antichrist to come, you're a little late. Because 2,000 years ago, he was already here. The spirit of Antichrist is already here because the spirit of Antichrist is tries to pull you away from from Christ. Now this is what he tells us. He says in um, in verse 4 he says you are of God little children. Turn to somebody and say you are of God. You are of God little children and have overcome them. Turn to somebody and say you're an overcomer. Now For those of you that heard that, did you believe it? If you didn't believe it, then you've been listening to the wrong voices. If you had a hard time swallowing that you're an overcomer, yeah, but get rid of your butts and receive what God is saying. You are what God says, not what you feel. You are what God says, not what you think about yourself. The world will keep you in a place of negativism, failure, and insecurity, and depression. What's the opposite of depression? Expression. If you want to get depressed, just look on the inside of you and think about yourself. Think about your failures. Think about what's happened in the past. That's a good way to get depressed. But if you want to get out of depression, you start thinking about what God's done for you. He's raised you up, made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're seated right between God the Father and Jesus. So how do you know that? Because David said... I always set the Lord before my face. He is at my right hand so that I may not be moved. Well, if Jesus is on my right hand, who's on my left? God the Father. Well, I don't know about that. Well, just doesn't matter what. You're seated with him. That's good. Even if on you, even if you're on the left side of G, even if on you, even if on, you're still in a good spot, you got a good seat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that the Scripture talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter twelve and verse ten? It says it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and one of them is the discerning of spirits. Now, not everybody has the discerning of spirits, but every believer should be discerning. Let me just say this. Don't believe everything you hear. You shouldn't even believe everything I say. Like Brother Hagin used to tell us, he says, don't believe what I say. He says, you do your own studying and see if what I say is right. The Bereans, when Paul went to talk to the Bereans, it says the Bereans were more noble than those of Thessalonica because they would search the Scripture to see if what Paul said was so. You want to be noble? Get out your Bible and start looking to see if what I say is so. Otherwise, you'll just be (laughs) so-so. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So when you have the discerning spirits, Christ overcame every temptation that Satan threw at him. And every believer is equipped with the same weapons of of guaranteed victory. Did Jesus overcome the temptations of the enemy? Well, you have the same equipment. You remember before he went into the wilderness... He received something called the Holy Spirit. How many have the Holy Spirit? Well, I don't speak in tongues. I didn't ask you if you spoke in tongues. If you are of God and you have received Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. Now there's more, but you have enough to defeat the enemy. Thank you, Lord. And I, I, there's no way putting down tongues, speaking tongues every day. For I know not what to pray for as I ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for me with groanings, which cannot be. Some of you, th- some of you, some people are praying in tongues. They don't know it. They just oh Well, they're, pray- they're praying in tongues. They don't even know it. I don't believe in that speaking in tongues. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With groanings which cannot be uttered. Come on. Right. So if you want to get people to pray in tongues, just get them disgusted and they just go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You are normal believers. Hallelujah. Well, what did Jesus Well, you know, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and one of the things the enemy likes to do is get you in your weakest moment. When you've taken care of the kids all day, you're extremely exhausted. You come home, you cook, you clean, and then they mess up everything. That's never happened to you, because I know your girls are perfect. But you know, yeah, she's speaking in tongues. But, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, you just start, you just start groaning. Yeah, at your, yeah, that's what it is. At your weakest moment, the enemy will come to try to take you out. But Jesus turned to him and said, it is written. Every time a temptation came, Jesus responded with not just the Scripture, but it is written. He took, and every one of us have the Scripture. We have a word, and usually the Spirit will speak it to you if if we are aware that He'll speak to us a word, and it's a word that we can use against the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, it's time time to quit but we have a mighty weapon. Ephesians 6.16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You are prophetic, apostolic, Normal believers that hear the voice of God, you take what the scripture says that has been enlightened unto you, and you take what God speaks to you in your prayer time, and that is a sword that will strike down the enemy. There are no losers in my presence, there's nobody that is defeated in my presence. The scripture says you are overcomers. First John chapter five, who is he who overcomes the world? We're not talking about just the devil. God says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Man, you're an overcomer. The devil tells you you're a loser. You tell him you're an overcomer because I believe that Jesus is the son of God. That's your first step. That's your first step. And then you you receive other words from the Lord that you can level him. Take him out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the battlefield is where? Where? Oh, we've, heard, we've talked about this so many times. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's not three wills of God. His will is good and acceptable and perfect. That's right. And as you walk in the will of God, you've already defeated the enemy. His, his harassment is, is to try to get you out of the will of God. Why would he harass you while you're in his will? <laughs> Wants to keep you comfortable, baby. We got him. He'd just be singing you a lullaby. Beautiful dream. No, man, no. I'm an overcomer overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And my testimony is a sword that strikes you down in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So, how many normal believers do we have in here this morning? Hallelujah. Do I need to have an altar call on that back row? I said, who? How many normal believers do I have in here, Sonia? All right, hallelujah. Well, she raised her elbow. Hallelujah, I'll take that as yes. Normal, apostolic, prophetic believer. Praise God. So what is the opposite of depression? Expression. Expression. You cannot be quiet. Silence is not golden, it is killing. Some of you don't know this song. But there used to be a song. Silence is golden, golden, long as I'm with you. Don't you know that, Lynn? You know, man. That's all I know. It's a very, very old song. Probably a 50s, 50s song. Silence is golden. 60s, Okay. <laughs> That's almost before my time, but uh, yeah, sure. silence is golden, golden. You know, and we, we, receive, we, we receive the testimony of the world. Well, I'll just be quiet. I'll just be a tame little Christian. No, the Lord says laugh. I don't feel like it. <laughs> Exactly. I think I've run out. You've run out. you know we uh, silence is not good in the Christian life, because you guys are just I was going to let you go, but you keep keep it up. But uh, in the scripture. You know, I have one of those in my garage. Oh, okay. I have, was your phone in my garage the other night? In the scriptures, it says this. It says that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. So he's waiting for your confession to move the courts of heaven in your favor. In your favor. Let me just say this, um, Hallelujah. You know, uh, God has given His Son, His only begotten Son, as an act of love. The matter, matter of fact, in Romans, it says God demonstrated His love for you in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he demonstrates his love. Love, I'm going to use this word, demands a response. Oh, I just won't tell him I love him. Man, you might miss your chance. When I told Melody, well, she told me, she said, she said, Stephen, Stephen, I don't think you should come and see me anymore. And I said, why? And she said, because I think I think I love you, so what am I so what? no, that's not <laughs> it. No, she said, she said, because I think I'm falling for you. And I could have kept quiet. But I didn't. I knew now's the time. I said, well, I've fallen for you a long time ago. Wasn't that slick? You said, well, why didn't you tell her before? Because if you have heard her story, she was a man-hater. If you haven't noticed, I don't wear a dress. So I had to prepare Anyway, so if you need healing, <laughs> if you need healing for uh, memories that you just got stirred up, whatever. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, that laughter is a good medicine. merry heart does good like a medicine. Broken spirit dries the bones. So therefore, we by faith are choosing to walk by faith, to laugh whether we feel like it or not, to be normal believers who hear the voice of God, who are, not, who are going to discern whether we're hearing the voice of God, the voice of the world, the voice of people, the voice of the devil, our own voice, or whether we are hearing from you, Lord, so that we can walk with the sword of the Spirit in our hand and walk in victory in Jesus' name. Let everybody say... Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you're dismissed. If you would like prayer, then come up.